Yeah, buddy. Thanks for downloading the first episode of the Tropical MBA podcast. I'm here with, well, a guy I call the boss man. It's the CEO of our fine organization. Introduce yourself, boss man. How's it going, guys? Welcome to the very first episode. Actually, this is the very first re-recorded episode. Yeah, so you're going to hear the first episode, which is, I think, just me mousily speaking into a microphone over four or five years ago or something. It was a long time ago. We just wanted to kind of drop in and give a few disclaimers about what's going on. At the time that we first recorded this first podcast. You know, we had never done a podcast before. We called it something completely differently. So you're going to hear a lot of names and services that are not the most updated stuff. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer. If you want to know the most updated stuff, check out tropicalmba.com. We have a weekly newsletter that comes out. If you get on that, you'll hear about sort of what we're reading and, and what we're doing every week. If you're already an advanced level location independent entrepreneur, which is sort of how the show has evolved to focus on that community, and you're just ambitious and you want to join up with you know what we're doing in terms of masterminds and meetups and everything, check out tropicalmba.com slash inner circle. That's a private networking group that was developed off of this show. When the episode you're about to hear, we really had no idea what we were going to talk about, you know, or what this show was going to become. We were just sharing the story of our valet parking equipment business. And actually, it's funny that I mentioned that because probably for the first, what, in 150, 200 episodes, we never said the words valet parking. Yeah, I think everybody just had to guess for the first 150 episodes. But <laughs> the businesses which we're talking about were the valet parking equipment company, Modern Cat Furniture, and eventually we evolved into portable bars. Yeah, I mean, we were terrified that somebody might listen to the show and rip us off. You know, that, that's how we felt at the time. I think we'd feel differently now. This is our first business. It was paying the bills, you know, it was like getting us out the door to travel and it was sort of sacred to us and it wasn't worth it for us to like share all the details like a lot of internet marketers do of our business. So, but this show has always been about sharing real lessons from our business. You know, I think when we launched the show, Ian, we might have been doing $15,000 a month in top line sales. And at this point, we're a multi-million dollar business. So if you stick with us through the next 250 plus episodes, you're going to hear the story of two guys cutting their teeth and trying to share the lessons on the show. And along the while, I, mean, I think we were pretty lonely at the beginning, Ian. We've since met literally thousands of fellow entrepreneurs like us living the location independent lifestyle. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed these first episodes. If you're feeling ambitious, go all the way through. If you just want to hear the new stuff, just download the new stuff. Give it a shot and thanks for being with us. This is the Lifestyle Business Podcast, Episode 1. If you like this podcast, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. That way we'll be able to keep you updated on podcast news and events. Hi, this is Dan Andrews and I'd like to thank you for downloading the Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is a podcast aimed at individuals who are interested in unconventional approaches to life, business, and their careers. Hey, this is Dan. Thanks for joining me on the podcast Today's podcast is going to be a little special because it is the first one, so I want to introduce myself and let you know the basic format of the podcast. Today's feature segment is going to be about one tactic I use to determine a new product or a service with which to launch a business with. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to answer a question that I received at a meetup I went to recently, which is, if you have a full-time job, what is the best way to get started on your own business? And I've pulled together five tips that I'll share with you at the end of the episode. We've got a lot to cover. We better get moving. 
so by way of introducing the podcast, I wanted to have just a brief introductory segment to talk briefly about what I think a lifestyle business is versus a traditional business, why I think it's more relevant now, more relevant now than ever, why I'm excited about it, and uh, why I've started a podcast. Um, I'm sure in the future uh, we'll talk more and more about the particular elements of a lifestyle business and flesh the picture out more. But today I just want to give a quick, brief overview. Now, essentially, I see lifestyle businesses as a radical approach to the concept of work-life balance. So the old model goes like this. You have a job or a business, and you go there from 8 to 5, and you've determined that 8 hours a day is the, uh, the ideal amount of time to spend working. You step into the office, you do office stuff all day long, you do business stuff, and it's focused on one currency, and that currency is money, uh, cash. And you make all your business decisions uh, f- to increase that currency. So if, you, if you're th- considering whether to launch a new product or get into a new market or make an acquisition, you're always thinking of how much cash is this going to bring into the business. Now, 5 o'clock, the bell goes off, you leave, and then you go live life. You spend time with your family or you pursue hobbies. Um, and the idea is, is that you've earned as much cash as you can, you've benefited from that, and then you go out into the world and you you create a great life for yourself outside of the office. Um, now, what we've seen, especially with the internet and the global economy, is that that wall is starting to break down. Now everybody is carrying Blackberries and you have customers all around the world. You have suppliers around the world and you're starting to find you answering emails after five o'clock and the walls are breaking down. And you're also finding when you're, when you go on vacation, uh, the time that's supposed to be walled off from work, you're still checking your emails and you're making sure things are moving along and you start to think, well, there's got to be a better way. And I think that's when this concept of lifestyle business really starts to rear its head. And you say, look, there's more currencies to consider than just money, especially when the traditional distinction between work and life is sort of breaking down. And so the lifestyle entrepreneur essentially says, all right, I'm done trying to put up walls. I'm done walling off two weeks a year to sit on a beach and I'm done, you know, not answering emails after 5 p.m. What I need is a vocation or a business that allows me to achieve more than one currency. And so not only do I need cash profits, but I also need the time to spend them and enjoy them and have and uh, have uh, time to spend with my kids or pursue hobbies or uh, whatever it is you're into. And number two, I need something that that pays me in mobility. I need something that allows me to go get get away from it all when I need to, or travel the world, which is one of my passions. And we'll be talking a lot about travel on this podcast. Um, it allows you the the mobility to go seek out new opportunities and new places. Um, another kinds of currency that I could offer you is learning learning opportunity. Is this a business or a market that's going to allow me 
to learn more, to grow as a person? Is this a market that's going to allow me to be creative? Uh, is this a market that's going to allow me to be recognized? There's all kinds of currencies that you can now consider when you say, look, like I'm, I'm no longer interested in, you know, going to a person factory for eight hours a day and creating one kind of currency. I want a business that's going to allow me to enjoy a multitude of currencies. And so I think that's really the sort of credo of the lifestyle entrepreneur, someone who's focused on, a, on, a biz, on creating businesses that allows them to pursue their passions. And I think... Um, it's a really exciting concept, and whenever you meet people that are interested in this kind of thing, they're excited, interested, creative, active people. And I wanted to start the podcast to get a community around this idea that business, or even your job, can become a vehicle to get you to uh, a life that you can be thoroughly engaged with and passionate about. And that's not just a spiel. Let, let, let me share with you one particular instance from my life. Um, I think the straw that broke the camel's back for me was world travel. And ever since I stepped foot outside of the country, um, when I was 18 years old, I knew that it was something, it was one of the most exciting experiences that I ever had. It was an adventure, I was learning. I felt so filled up with life, and when uh, when reality came ringing after university, and I I had to, you know, work essentially sixty hours a week at a very low salary in order to get by and pay the bills, um, it just didn't seem possible that I could ever get back to that place where I was um, filled up with life, traveling the world, and you know, seeing people as opportunities and not as liabilities. Well, eventually, after having achieved a very high salary and working for many years in the corporate world and still not ever having the same joy that I had as someone traveling the world, I decided that I absolutely needed to be involved in a business that would allow me to pursue that passion. And what I did was designed a business that would allow me to manage it while traveling the world. And that's what I've been doing for the last two years, and it's worked out great. And um, the whole idea of this podcast is to share with you some of the strategies that, and, and specific tactics that allowed me to do that. And uh, I want to hear your questions and your input on that. And if, you're, if you are a successful lifestyle entrepreneur, I hope that you'll join up with the community and that we can all benefit from your experience as well. A lot of lifestyle entrepreneurs are also solopreneurs. They're people who work from home. They're people who have uh, internet-based businesses. And oftentimes it can be difficult to connect with people because you know, we don't have uh, the proverbial water cooler. So this is uh, an online water cooler, so to speak, a community that we can um, join up to to share you know, our life's passions, our business objectives, and to help each other along in the journey of um, creating businesses that allow us to achieve our dreams and dreams, and it's it's not always the easiest, and it can be challenging. So um, that's that's the idea of the podcast. So 
Let me uh, cut off the introduction there and get right into uh, what I see as a major sticking point for people looking to start either their first business or even for more seasoned entrepreneurs, which is identifying a product. And I have a bunch of different rubrics for uh, identifying and launching products. And this is one that I use to help identify a product with which to start a new business. So I'll share that with you in the feature segment. So stick around. Hey, hey, this is the feature segment where I try to pull together at least a semi-cohesive piece of advice that I hope can help you in your business. Uh, And, well, when when you talk to people from anyone from beginners to... Uh, very seasoned entrepreneurs, uh, a major sticking point in starting a new business seems to be identifying a new product. I mean, that kind of stands in the way between um, getting moving and sort of sitting around, staring at the wall, figuring what the world needs. And I want to offer one of the tactics I use to you that sort of eliminates some of the guesswork. And I think that's important because one of the major mistakes that I see people making, and I've certainly made myself in the past, is putting too much emphasis on the idea. And I think there's a bunch of reasons why people do that. In part, it's really glorified in the media, like the great ideas. I mean, you can't read enough articles about Twitter and Facebook and and um, similar sort of paradigm-shifting businesses that were based on an idea. Similar with product businesses, um, there's no shortage of people at meetup groups who are sort of unwilling to discuss their secret invention. And I'm not going to say that, that that stuff isn't great. It is, but 99% of businesses out there are not started around a great idea. Instead, they're focused on the execution of a marketable product or service. And and so I want to walk you through the steps you can kind of avoid the stagnation. I'm not saying don't go after your ideas. Certainly, I have started businesses in the past um, and I own two businesses which um, are moderately successful that are focused on a, what I thought was a great idea. And um, they haven't been nearly as successful as my businesses that I've started based on the technique I'm going to share with you now, which is essentially you basically want to bring ideas to market that you know there's a market for, which which is sometimes counterintuitive um, when you're focused on the idea-based approach. So when you have like a great idea for a new product that doesn't exist, the first thing you kind of look at is like, does it exist? And you kind of hold your breath and you look around the internet and you're like, wow, great, nobody's done it yet. And, and that is a really tricky way to start a business and it's fraught with complications. And I, I recommend... especially if you're going to start, you can't really afford uh, to fail your first time out the gate. You really want to make sure that you're starting a business that you know um, can be profitable. 
And uh, one way you can do that is launch with a new with a with a product that's already in demand. And so let me give you um, a couple step process with which you can do that. First, you want to think about. Uh, let's, I'll focus on products now, um, but this can be applied to services too. And certainly to make most services scalable, you want to sort of productize your service, which is to say, um, even if your idea is a service, um, say like web design, you want to think of it as a product um, that you're delivering to people. Um, because eventually you don't want to have to provide that service. You want to have a system that provides the service and that will allow you to scale your business. So the first thing, when you, if you want to f- walk through this exercise with me, the first step you want to do is sort of think about something you know about. And this is simple, but it's really helpful. You don't have to have insider knowledge about a market, although that helps. And if you do, you should certainly focus on a market that you do. But if you don't, sometimes what you can consider passive knowledge can actually be more insider than you think. But certainly any kind of knowledge you have about a product or a market is going to give you tons and tons of advantage as you develop your product over the over the years and uh, as you sort of make thousands of micro judgments and this is all to say you want to focus on markets that you like or that you'd be a part of yourself a lot of people come with great ideas like oh you know you know the retirees are a huge market now and i'm not saying that you can't develop a product for people that aren't like you but certainly, if you're having trouble identifying your first product, um, you definitely want to focus on a market that you would like to be a part of. And that's going to give you tons and tons of advantage in the future. So if you're a guitar player, um, if you're a homeowner, um, if you're a, a kind of guy who fixes your own plumbing, if you're the kind of guy... Uh, who uses a certain, who reads blogs even, you know. Um, Think about, or a kind of gal, (laughs) think about the kinds of things that you're involved with. You definitely want to get into a market that, that you could participate in as a consumer as well. So, you know, pick, pick three or four, just as a, and think deep too. I mean, if, if you've worked in the restaurant industry as a server, for example, write that down as, as, a, as an example of a market that you could get into. You know, restaurant supply or uh, advice to restaurateurs. Even having the experience like that would give you uh, a real advantage over um, simply pursuing what you think is a market opportunity. Okay, so, you know, write down three or four five uh, markets like that that you know about. And and don't put too much pressure on yourself. The idea here is to kind of get to the next level. You can always start over and do this again, but the idea here is to just sort of progress and have easily accomplishable goals here. So that way you can at least get a product launched. I mean, that's the goal here. Um, 
too many people sit around and, and dream all day long about what kinds of things they could offer the, the market. And, um, you know, you're just leaving money on the table. There's hungry markets out there who uh, could benefit from your products. And the key here is to deliver them. So deliver them. So we're writing down three to five markets that, that you sort of understand. Um, now, here's the really simple part. Identify one product in that market that you know you could create. Now, if you're interested in information marketing, which is great business, um, the kinds of products you might consider are a how to guide, so an ebook. Uh, you might consider a podcast, like I'm doing, so, uh, or an audio guide. You might consider a membership site. Now, don't fret too much about your expertise in terms of developing these products. Just know that you could get them done. I mean, you can go to somebody who does have membership site expertise or learn about that in the space of a couple of days. This part isn't nearly as important, in my view, as the market experience part. Um, people, I think, make too big of a deal about the difficulties of production. And we'll talk a lot about how to decomplicate these things. Another thing you could potentially do is develop or buy a purchase a product from a manufacturer and resell that. So um, hard goods are an option as well, although often not as easy, and certainly they have more costs involved than doing an information product. So think about find some products in those markets that already exist. That's the goal here. So, you know, if, if we're talking about the restaurant example, you've worked in restaurants and there's how-to guides on how to be a restaurateur, for example, and maybe you weren't the restaurateur, but, you know, you knew restaurateurs, you interacted with them, you sort of understand what they need, and um, that's a great market for you to get into because you get, you kind of, you understand it. So, you find products like that on the market. And the key thing here is you want to find a market that is large enough that you know the people who are delivering the products are making a profit. That demonstrates that there's a market out there buying this stuff. Now all you need to make money is to find a way to participate in that market. And one thing, and so the next step then is simply, I know I say simply, but it is simple. Go to the market. Find a market that isn't, obviously credit cards aren't a great market to get into because it's so crowded. You want to find a type of product that there's enough products out there that, uh, you know there's a real market that's paying money for this stuff, but there's not so many that uh, you can't make an impact. Now, there are certainly data-driven ways to do this analysis, and we'll get into that in the future, but right now I want to focus a little bit more on the conceptual angle. and Just try to give a conceptual framework for thinking about this more simply than trying to um, put so much pressure to come up with this great idea. So the next step then is to determine a key product differentiator. 
So for example, if there's um, a free guide to restaurateurship on the internet, maybe what you could provide is a paid guide. Or if there's uh, a guide to restaurateurship, but not one to vegetarianism, create that differentiator and launch with that. You want to choose a differentiator that is different enough that your competition can't just adapt immediately. Um, But not so different that you can't use their product as a guide to developing yours. So the three-step process then is identify a market that you are a part of currently and you understand as a participant, as a buyer, as a consumer. Two, identify a product within that market that you know you can create or buy uh, that seems, based on your research, based on you know surfing around the web and everything, that you know there's a market for. People are Indicators of that are people are buying advertisements. There's more than one player in the space. People are talking about this product. You can tell that the companies that exist, they're making money off this product. Maybe you even call those people and you ask them about their business. You say, how's business doing right now? It works. People talk about it. Anyway, you ought to be a customer of their product first before you launch there. So this is a great way to do research. Talk to these people who are participating in the space. And what you're trying to do is confirm that they're making money. That's it. Now, if you want to get more advanced and, and you want to identify exactly, well, how much money do you need to make? Uh, of, of course, you want to make sure that the market is big enough in order to give you the kind of profits you're looking for. Um, in general, but not always, the m- bigger the market in terms of dollars the more competitive it's going to be to get involved. So maybe your first business, you say, well, there's only you know a million dollars annual in this market, based on what I'm seeing out there. But you know, I, I'm confident with you know, after a year of launching my business, I can win 20% of it. And that's you know, for an information product, which oftentimes have very good margins, that could be $200,000 a year in income for you. So. These are the kinds of things you want to be looking for. You just want to you want to make sure that there's a market for it. Now, the third thing you want to look for, or the, the third step of the process, then, is determining a key differentiator. Now, one thing I don't want you to do is get too caught up on the differentiator. Um, I've launched more than one product. Uh, with a differentiator that turned out to not be compelling to my audience, to the market. So I chose um, a value proposition or I chose a new feature to the product that ended up kind of bombing. But I've heard uh, businesses be described, uh, and I can't remember who described a business this way, but they described it as a mechanism by which to communicate and gather information about a market. Now, I think that is an awesome definition of what a business is. So essentially, by starting a business, you get to gather information about a market. And what you do by entering into uh, a market with um, a product is you get to start 
communicating with that market. And you get to start understanding more than you ever could by just searching around, looking, and doing research. By actually having paying clients, understanding what people open their wallets for, it's the most difficult thing to get people to do. You start to really understand things about that market. So um, even if your differentiator isn't the most compelling, there might be another reason that people bought from you that you didn't quite consider. And you can learn from that and then accentuate that value that um, potential clients are picking up on. So that's all to say that what you want to do with all this stuff is not get not blow anything out of proportion. You know, make a solid differentiator that's clear and easy to execute and launch with that. And that's going to give you the opportunity to understand um, if that differentiator is compelling and if you're going to be able to earn market share with it. Um, This is implied in all of this, I think, is the idea that you want to launch your products fast. Um, One of the biggest mistakes people make is they build up their idea too much, they spend too much money, too much thought power, uh, goes into a product without actually communicating with your market. So you want to kind of identify the quickest fail point or the quickest way to get to the market so that you can start gathering information. Even if your ambition is to eventually be the highest quality, most put-together offering available, um, you might want to, if it comes down to an issue of speed, you definitely want to consider compromising your offering in order to get it out there faster and starting to interact with your potential market. So this is uh, this quick method of determining a product the goal here is to make the steps simple so that you can move your way through them and not get too caught up on needing to be totally unique or totally earth-shattering. I mean, there are real demonstrated markets out there that have, and by demonstrated, I mean, they're proven. People want X. People buy X. And all you need to do is participate and that can be a great source of income for you, especially um, if you're at the beginning. Now, in, in as in my case, I'm a little bit farther along. I've got a bunch of different products and businesses uh, now launched. Um, it still makes sense for me to invest the resources and the profits that I've made back into um, this methodology for determining new products because um, it's just making another basket to collect cash from. Um, you know, Primarily, especially in lifestyle businesses, the businesses are about achieving your goals. Um, you know, whatever they are, they're about achieving your travel goals, your uh, time goals, your your cash income goals. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, unless you're dead set on creating the greatest web application or the coolest new product. Um, it certainly doesn't make sense to start out that way, to learn the ropes um, with what, what, I, what I think is a much riskier um, prospect. You know, you want to have this lockdown solid. You want to make sure that you get a strong uh, cash flow from your business launch. So uh, 
that's just a brief overview of one method for determining a product. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you have any questions or you want to add any of your insights, the best way to do that is to sign up for the mailing list and uh, respond to the email address from which you get the emails. Uh, you can find that at the lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. And stay tuned for the uh, question and answer session right after the right after this segment, uh, where I'm going to share uh, the top five tips for getting started if you're a new entrepreneur. So this is a, a fun little portion of the podcast where uh, I'm either going to offer really short little uh, tips that I've come up with, uh, uh, software platforms that have helped me in my businesses, or uh, reader uh, and listener questions, questions that I receive in mastermind groups or from friends or colleagues or even just great little pieces of advice that I've that I've heard from my mentors. Uh, so the this uh, question and answer session is to answer a question I received at a mastermind group um, that I was attending. Now, if you don't know what a mastermind group is, it's a it's a group of people with like interests, in this case, lifestyle businesses, who get together um, to create um, a, a community of growth where they can vibe off each other and share tips, maybe do joint ventures, um, to try to improve their businesses and their lifestyles. So um, I was at a mastermind. I go to mastermind meetings quite often. And uh, someone asked me sort of casually, like, you know, I feel like I can't get started. What is the, the best ways that I can get started as an entrepreneur if, um, you know, if I'm in uh, having a full-time job and I want to start something uh, to get me headed in this direction? So I just pulled together my top five tips uh, I've got probably thousands, but uh, this is the first episode, so um, I just want to give some, uh, just five this time, and uh, hopefully we can pull these apart and add to them in the future. Um, you know, just a quick comment on this kind of thing, it's not, a, there's no magic bullet answers here, and uh, yeah, maybe I'll come up with some magic bullet answers, but I think that these five tips are kind of general lifestyle, general mindset kind of things. And, uh, you know, for me, I think um, becoming a lifestyle entrepreneur was a gradual transformation, especially in terms of my mindset, um, rather than, you know, having the right idea or having, you know, the right stroke of luck. And I think once you um, really believe that, that it's an issue of mindset, you're much better off. So, um, the first tip uh, for getting started off as an entrepreneur, I believe, is uh, mentors and masterminds, and uh, with a specific emphasis on mentors. Uh, you really need to be in touch with the possibility of your dreams or your business coming true, and the best way to do that is uh, to be around people uh, that can provide you with first-hand advice. So, you really need critical, uh, you know, mentors that can help you get to the next level. Um, I'm not going to go too detailed into this. Um, I'm sure we can have a full episode on the benefits of mentorship and, and how to manage that kind of relationship. But uh, if you want to find a mentor, some great ways to do so 
are to uh, you can cold call and cold write uh, emails I love to write cold emails just um, if you find somebody's email on the web and write a compelling uh, short and valuable message as to why you want to get together or have one single question answered from a, a potential mentor that's a great way to start a relationship uh, you can go to local meetups um, you know contacting people I think a great method is contacting people with prominent uh, media outlets, whether they have a, say, a blog or a, a podcast, or um, you know, somehow they're putting out media on the internet. Uh, I think, in general, my experience, in particular, with contacting prominent bloggers, has been excellent. And uh, people, in general, err, you know, they they tend to the side of wanting to share and wanting to mentor and wanting to create new relationships. So, I think that you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there to get a mentor, and I think that if you don't, um, you know, you really put yourself at a disadvantage. Uh, the second tip um, is to work entrepreneurship and in your building of your business into your day. Um, and by that, I mean you need to find a way to achieve a consistent application of effort. You need, uh, you need to, you know, it's better to work every day on your project for um, one hour than it is to to binge for a week and take off a of work or quit your job or do something radical. I mean, you really need to prepare for a long-term approach of consistent effort. And so that's just simple to say, to find a few extra hours, put yourself on a path that you can consistently apply effort every single day. Number three is seek precedent cases. And I think this can uh, this this applies a little bit with the mentorship thing. You know, what you're dreaming of most likely has occurred somewhere in the world. You need to find it and and borrow from it. Um, you know, there's a, I think there's a lot of literature out there about this kind of approach. Um, but you know, rather than turning like uh, great business successes and lifestyle successes into sort of a glass castle that you can never think your way inside of. Find people who've done the impossible. Find people who've done the kinds of things you want to achieve and deconstruct them. Pull it apart and find ways in which you can participate in the, in the same kind of actions that they've done. So seek precedent cases. Four, this is a, a negative tip, something not to do. Uh, that's don't compromise your vision because of perceived shortcomings. And my assumption is, is you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, uh, you know, not totally crippled by this. But even, uh, you know, the best of us can be held back by limiting self-beliefs. You know, I'm not the kind of person who can do X. Um, and I think that... Um, you need to be this especially comes in, into uh into play when people uh, they're scared to say something like you know i i'm not capable of working you know 4 hours a week uh and run and making a lot of money you know i'm just not the kind of person who can do that and you know i'm willing to settle for less i think you know this kind of self-limiting belief um, and, and oftentimes it comes from a sort of a misdirected humility 
like, you know, who in their right mind can only work four hours a week and make a lot of money? Well, I happen to know a lot of people who can only work four hours a week and make a lot of money. And I'm talking six figures. And, uh, you know, for me, that's a lot of money. So uh, I think that, uh, you know, you really shortchange yourself when you don't allow, you know, yourself to indulge in the true vision of your passion. So if your passion is to say, hey, I want to work four hours a week and I want to be on a plane every two weeks to some exotic location, you know, don't be scared to really go for it. And, um, you know, it's you're not going to be there in a couple weeks and it could take you years. But uh, I think uh, you can achieve what most people think is absurd. And so, you know, don't allow the the guilt or the shame or the false humility to prevent you from really saying, uh, you know, what it is you want to achieve. We'll talk more about that in the future. And the fifth tip uh, that I have for new entrepreneurs is find work that you enjoy. And, um, you know, everybody says this, but it's true. And the reason is, is that it is work. You know, even if you're working five, six, 10, 15 hours a week, it's work. And you've, and in general, you've got to do a good job at your work, uh, in order to make profit from it. And in general, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to do it. And, um, and I think you really need to find work that you're going to enjoy, whether that's managing people, leading organizations, writing, playing the guitar, uh, building websites, communicating with people, you name it, you know, even if it doesn't initially seem like, you know, there could be tons of profit in there, you, you absolutely must identify work that you're going to enjoy. Um, because in the long run, it's, it's going to be more profitable to identify something that you can put in that consistent effort on. And, um, a lot of times this, you know, is kind of like, well, easier said than done, but even having, you know, the ideal work day or the ideal type of work in your brain, you'd be surprised at how those things start to work their way into your businesses. And um, sometimes it's not always what, but how, you know, so also make, take this as an opportunity to find how you like to work. So, you know, you like to work with super intelligent people. You like to work from a laptop on a beach. You like to, um, you know, work only in the mornings. And, you know, that's going to be by building businesses that allow you to in, indulge in that particular passion or desire, uh, ultimately going to create more wealth for you. So that's the end of the first podcast. I appreciate you sticking around. Uh, you know, we really look forward to improving in the future and bringing you more and more helpful content. Um, we've got big plans, really exciting to talk about this stuff, and hopefully to uh, bring together an energetic community of like-minded individuals. Uh, if you're an employee, a newbie, just someone who's interested, all the way to, to experienced lifestyle business people, really want to make this the premier community for 
or uh, people talking about uh, their lifestyle businesses. If you have a question you would like me to answer or if you have feedback on the podcast, potential topics that we could look into, go to the website at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. You'll see the contact form. And if you want to be on the insider list, uh, hear about special announcements and the way I communicate will be solely through the list. So if you want to hear what I've got to say outside of the podcast, the best way is to sign up for the mailing list. Again, thanks for sticking around and we'll see you next time.